I am so looking forward to this show with both our guest and musical guest. And on our way to this show, just this week, a client of mine said something that reminded me of this show. Uh, a few months ago, a client came to me after having experienced, depending on what list one looks at, like of the top stressors, uh, he had experienced six uh, and most of them were in the top five. Uh, so uh, he his life was completely falling apart and and relationship and job and, and everything uh, that he could think of at that moment. And so after months of working really hard on his part, uh, in by his own admission, praying a lot and getting closer to God and uh, and then working with uh, a, a few professionals, including myself, he said to me this week after experiencing what he called miracles and magic and uh, amazed at himself for the things that he was able to do. Uh, that God has done for him, that people have done for him, that he never expected could happen, would happen, and finds himself in in uh, in many respects so much better today than even just a few months ago. He says he felt like somebody had dropped him in the middle of Hogwarts school, uh, to to reference the Harry Potter uh, movies and books, but and he didn't know it. And he was surrounded by magic, but didn't know that he could be magical. Um, and so it, it it's interesting because I I I I look back and 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 think how many of us don't know that. And and without the support that he had of the various professionals that he worked with, uh, what. So many other things could have happened to him and without his faith and without his belief in himself or the newfound belief in himself. So many other things could have happened to him. Instead, he chose to connect in certain ways and believe in certain things and do certain things wherein all those things that happened to him ended up working for him. And I'm excited about his future, and I'm excited about all our future, the more of us tune into this. And our guest today not only tuned into this, she keeps tuning into this every time something's happening, taking her to the next level, helping guests take them, uh, helping clients take themselves to the next level. As a matter of fact, that's what her business is all about. And evidently, her life too. So we're going to come back and have a great conversation with Cassandra Mary Bauer. Then later on, somebody who espouses this through his music and his work, Steph Reed, as our musical guest, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate, but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety, but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? 
Introducing the latest self-help solution, Five Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome, L.A., on the BBS Radio Network, with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at lifechangesshow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at lifechangesnetwork.com, or AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at LifeChangesShow and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. This is The Life Changes Show, episode 670, titled Be the Magic You Wish to See in the World. I am host Filippo Voltaggio online with our co-host and producer, Mark Lejeure. I think it's taken every one of those 670 episodes for us to really learn and understand this conversation tonight. I'm so excited for for our guest and and for our musical guest. We have uh, a saying in sports where, you know, you never like to get commentary from the player that's not been in the game. Mm. Cassandra has been in the game so deep and at such a level, and we couldn't even begin to scratch the surface on her story in, in even a couple of episodes. Uh, but to uh, to get a bit of the wisdom that comes from her and the awareness that she lives every moment of her life, is uh, it's a, a great opportunity. Indeed, indeed. As a matter of fact, that show uh, with Cassandra was show episode number 441. So here we are. Uh, a few years later, and many lessons and growth and much change, we are, uh, it's a pleasure to have her back on as our interview guest. She is an NDE or near-death uh, uh, experience survivor, spiritual thought leader, an author, a personal evolution mentor, radical reprogrammer, ascension coach, and founder of Now Level Up, and so many other things. Welcome, Cassandra Mary Bauer, to the Life Changes Show again. Thank you all for having me. It's um, it's really, honestly, such a pleasure to be back, and you know, so beautiful to be um, just surrounded by all of your energy. So thank you. Uh, that's beautiful. It's our pleasure, Cass. And and it's interesting when you and I connected regarding this show, uh, I, I was thinking about how all the major changes that had gone into you coming on the show and sharing them and come to find out soon after you were on the show, you went through major other changes. And 
what do you attribute this to or what do you attribute from it? Well, I mean, when I was first on your show, I mean, that was very close to my, you know, near death experience. Mm-hmm. And it was a really beautiful reflection, our conversation of <clears throat> just the result of that near-death experience and the enlightenment and the wisdom and the grounding into this experience that it brought me. And, you know, after I was on your show, <laughs> that was, is that six years now? Is that I, I believe it was maybe six years ago, five uh, years ago. 2017. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after very shortly after I was on your show, uh, my father passed away. Um, so, yeah. you know, um, and I ended up going through a lot of life that brought me to this now moment where I'm meeting you here. Actually, uh, just just to uh, this, I found this fascinating and not a lot of people know this even exists. So you mentioned to me that not only did your father pass away, you were very much a part of that experience and you used a particular word you referenced being a death doula for him. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting all situated in my chair right now to talk about this um, mm. <clears throat> because um, as I expressed to you, um, you know, prior to the show, um, that experience was the most humbling experience of my life. And when I, in, in, I guess in, you know, a short uh, um you know, synopsis of what had happened after I left your show was uh, my father actually fell down um, the stairs in our house in Chicago and ended up hitting his head, um, which caused um, him to have some bleeding in his brain. And, you know, my father was probably, you know, he was in his 80s at the time. And, you know, there were there were risks to to having the surgery, you know, the brain surgery that they wanted to, they wanted him to have. And, um, you know, he went in for the surgery and, uh, sorry, I'm getting a a bit choked up thinking about Mm. it. Mm. Um, you know, he went in for the surgery and he, he never came back. And I mean that in the way of, um, he couldn't speak, he couldn't eat, eat, he couldn't move, um, and he was like that for about a year and a half. So, after I was on your show, I was—I had just started now level up. I had just started my private practice. I was about a year in. I had clients that I was dealing with, and um, I was flying back and forth from Chicago to LA every other month to take care of him and to be there for him because he was he was and is truly the love of my life. And, uh, that went on for about, I'd say a year and a half on and off. And within that time period, 
um, I actually had a pretty deep mental breakdown, which I didn't really share with anybody at the time because I don't believe I really understood it myself at the time. And um, I actually, on my birthday uh, in 2007, I, I booked a ticket to India and I closed Now Level Up. I sent an email out to everybody saying, I don't know when I'm going to be back, but I'm doing this for myself. And I got on a plane and I walked around India for 40 days and 40 nights. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, and again, being in the moment, I had no idea why I was doing it or what I was creating it for, as I think most people in this life um, have have moments where they look back and they go, oh, OK, like I had to create that for that moment in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and when I went to India and while I was processing and while I was doing this deep inner work, um, I had this vision of getting my father out of bed using the practice of now level up. And I actually landed back in LA, booked a ticket to Chicago a week later, got to Chicago, went into the home that he had been staying at. And I swear I'm holding my hand up like in the air. I swear to God, I walked in said to the nurse's station, send a male nurse up right now and walked into the room and I looked at him and I said, you're getting up right now. And his eyes got really wide and he like looked at me like, oh no, she's on something. And (laughs) the male nurse came in and we ended up um, getting my father up for the first time in over a year Mm. into Mm. a chair. Um, And I brought him outside and uh, he saw the sunshine for the first time, I think, in about a year. And I sat out there and I gave him a kiss and I told him I loved him and brought him back inside. And about, I'd say, five months later, um, he started to really decline. And I was in L.A. going back and forth and I ended up coming back to Chicago to help him transition to the other side and to take care of him in his final moments. So um, that was a really big moment for me in my life. It was a really big moment to be asked to step out of what I always thought my mission was, which was helping others and being this coach. And, you know, and I just discovered this, you know, this path for myself after my near-death experience. And you know, to be pulled out of that lane and into another and be of service for my father and, you know, look death in the eyes and not just for one moment, but, you know, this carried on for over a year and a half. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I could go very into detail around you know, the things that I was doing, but I think people could understand the length and the depth that you could go with somebody as you're taking care of, you know, each little moment, um, you know, down to cleaning his bed sores, down to, you know, helping him brush his teeth after, you know, he won't let anybody brush his teeth for months. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. 
Wow. I can't imagine. Uh, there, there's so much I, I heard in there. And uh, one, one of the things that I was feeling in, in you sharing some of this when we spoke earlier is that uh, sometimes when we say we're doing this and and we might not have all the tools that we're going to want or need in the this that we say we're doing. And then all of a sudden we get them like sometimes. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you came on the show. I'm like, I'm doing this. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, uh, and then now as we look back, we say, wow, the person I am now uh, wouldn't be this person without having experienced what I experienced. And I wouldn't have experienced what I experienced or not to that level if I hadn't said I'm doing this. So, exactly. So, right. Uh, the other thing I'm hearing, too, is lots and I knew this, we knew this could happen because you, you, you're very transparent, uh, you, and this is still fresh and new. And so is you're, you're showing vulnerability and this is actually a strength and what you help people work through and with, right? Yes. I mean, I believe that the only way to create the story that you wish to live into, you have to be willing and vulnerable enough to sit in the now moment of the story that you're presently in, because essentially you created it. And the keys, and that's the thing that, you know, I try to get across to even anybody I meet on the street, and especially people that I work with, or anybody that I love, which is really everybody is that you know, the signs are in every moment and we're creating those signs in order for us to feel safe, in order for us to know that we're mm. on the right track, mm. in order for us to understand that, you know, that the game has us, we have us, mm. but we have to believe it. So actually, I, I didn't think I was going to go there this soon, but it, it brings me to you turning around and there being a dog sitting there. Pardon? I didn't hear that. You turning around in a particular place and there being a dog right behind you that showed you you're on the path. Oh, yes. Well, so leading up to... Um, I would say about a month before my father actually passed, um, I had come back from, um, from Chicago and I was in LA with one of my friends and we were in the car and, you know, and she's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, you know, I'm all right. You know, I'm doing the best that I can with what I've got. And, um, she's like, you want to go look at dogs? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she knows that, you know, I'm a dog lover and I've always wanted a dog since I, my first dog, when I was a little girl, his name was Doc and he was, you know, the love of my life. And, um, he actually saved my life. I, you know, told you a little bit about that. You know, he, I, he would take me into like just these magical worlds when I was a little girl and mm -hmm. helped me to get away from the abuse and the trauma. And, um, and so I was like, Oh, you know what? Fine. Like, let's go just look with no intention on really actually like getting a dog because you were actually really particular. You had a list, right? In your uh -huh. I had an actual, like literally a list. Oh, literally. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like 
like to like down to the point of like how big his ears are. Like I, I have a thing with I swear, like I have a thing with dogs ears. I just love them so much. And okay. so I was like, I went to the to the shelter and I was like, I remember the guy's name. His name was Bob. And he came out and he was like, all right, well, what are you looking for? And I literally pulled out the look. <laughs> And I was like, listen, I'm like, this is what I want. His ears have to be like this. His color has to be like this. And I swear to God, he goes, we have the perfect dog for you. And I started laughing and I said, listen, you've got 650 dogs here. Let's take it one by one. I was like, okay. (laughs) And I turned around and I'm in this conversation with my friend and he come and I hear him and he comes out and he goes, Cass. And I turn around and I see this dog and I just started crying mm. like full on hysterically crying. Like I couldn't believe and I'm going to put it in my own language that I had created mm. such a beautiful creature in front of me. And I knew that if he was so spot on and so perfect, like to exactly the T of what I wanted, then there was a reason there was a reason that I was seeing that sign in front of me. And I knew, I knew I wanted him and I actually had no intention. I, my intention was to name him bro because our other dog's name was dude. And I really wanted to name him (laughs) bro and dude. And so I looked at him and I was like, wow, like what you to me? And he was just pure magic. Mm. But if it's okay, I kind of want to segue into like how profound his name actually, you know, ended up being in my life. Because um, about a month later, uh, you know, he's like this new puppy I have. I went back, you know, to visit my father and um, he had rapidly declined. And so I had gotten on a flight to Chicago after, or to LA, I'm sorry, after I was in Chicago visiting him. And um, I'd gotten back to LA and I'm sitting with magic. I had just gone to a Kirtan meditation and I got a call from the nurse that I needed to get back on a plane and get to Chicago because my father was about to pass away. And in the time between going from LA to Chicago, one of my girlfriends came over to my house while I was packing and I just didn't want to be alone, you know? So I'm sitting there with magic and my friend and she started asking me like, you know, what are you going to miss the most about your father? And I started, you know, just like listing everything, you know, I'm like, I'm going to miss his hands. I'm going to miss, you know, the way he takes his vitamins. And, and then I looked at her and I said, you know what I'm really going to miss the most is like, he was my sense of stability. He was my sense of balance. He was like my foundation. He was, you know, everything. He was the hero to me. He was my perfect mirror. And, you know, that day, that night, I got on a flight. I started writing his eulogy, which I shared that with you, which we can probably bring up at some other point. Mm. But what I realized what I when I got on the flight was that I was just about to lose the most magical character that I wrote into my story. And I had just adopted magic. And now magic is the most magical (laughs) character in my story, which I 
wrote a book about. <laughs> so right. So so we definitely want to distinguish between your life story and then the the book story, which yeah. uh, is called I Am Magic. And technically, this is for kids, but eh, like everybody, right? Yeah. Um, it is, of course, it's for kids, but really at the end of the day, my, the way that I teach now level up and the now level up method and the way that I live my life is I see the child within all of us mm. because really at the end of the day, we're all these, you know, big kids trying to figure this out and play a part. Um, but really when we let go of our ego and we allow ourselves to be seen, we're all just, you know, these little kids wearing these big clothes. So um, the stories, yes, it's for it's for kids, but it's for all of us. So. And what it what is the what is the premise behind the story that 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 the characters go through? So it's you know it's basically about this little girl who opens the door to quote unquote magic. And magic is this beautiful dog that helps her jump into her imagination. It helps her, in my eyes, see life clearly. And they go on a bunch of, I'm not going to spoil the whole book, but mm -hmm. they go on a bunch of different yeah. adventures together. And overcome things like bullying or not fitting in, because that's something that we all deal with in this world, is judgment and bullying and, you know, just the human constructs and at one point in the book um, magic actually uh, disappears and so the premise of the book is really that um, the magic is really inside of us and the magic is that we are not alone because we have ourselves in this world well when we come back actually leading to the book uh, happening, you had many different magical moments and one particular that happened in a coffee shop, which would be great <laughs> you shared, but that's a way of uh, illustrating pun intended that, <laughs> um, not to give away the story, but yeah. that, that we all have these moments. Now, it, it, they're not exactly the ones that you had, obviously, but we have moments where you were saying the universe shows us we're being supported each step of the way. So I know you help people uh, recognize those moments. So if you could, along with sharing that story, share how you support people in, in either looking for the magic or finding the magic, or maybe even creating more of that magic in their life and seeing what they're, where they're supported when we come back. Also, when we come back, we have our uh, Ask Dorothy segment, and then we're going to have live music with our musical guest, Steph Reed, all on the Life Changes Show when we come back right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and the little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes Show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. 
Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. Listening to the Life Changes Show live from Vortex Dome LA with your host, Filippo Voltaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangeshow.com, via Twitter at Life Changes Show, and Facebook at the Life Changes Show. We're back. I am host Filippo Voltaggio. This is the Life Changes Show, episode 670 titled be the magic you wish to see in the world we're referring also to magic as in i am magic which is our guest's book latest book cassandra mary bowers book uh, can be found where books are sold we have a couple links on our website where one can find those and also you could go to nowlevelup.com now level up all one word dot com to learn more about Cassandra Mary Bowers work. She's also available on social media as well. And she has a blog. The fairy tale is here now dot com. Just had to mention that because there, there's so much fairy tale magic uh, that there, 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 there's so much of this beautiful languaging in the midst of a story that if you hear the first episode or you learn more from following Cassandra, Cassandra, uh, you'll learn how she's come to this through a lot of work. And and here's a, a quote that she has that I like very much and I think is appropriate for this moment. There are only two ways of spreading the light to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. So Cass, could we actually start with that? Because you end up supporting people through mirroring as well, right? Yes. yes. Sorry, can you hear me? I can. Okay, sorry, there was a, a bit of an echo. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go just a little bit deeper into that. Um, you know, as I've continued on my journey of self-discovery and self-healing, the one thing that I found that helped me personally on this journey was when I saw that I was safe, Mm. when I had a safe container to be myself, when I would share the deepest parts of myself and I didn't feel judged, I didn't feel you know, for for a very long time in my life, coming from childhood trauma, coming from abuse, coming from addiction, I was taught when I was younger to hide my feelings, to hide myself, to hide the story that I was living in, to hide my feelings, to hide everything. And, you know, throughout the years, I'm sure you can resonate with this. It's like you, you 
one moment at a time step into you know it's like you put your foot on on the staircase and it's like is it safe can it hold me you know and every person that i came across and i would finally you know open myself up a little bit to and they held safe space it allowed me to step deeper into myself and to me that became witnessing the perfect mirror when someone mm-hmm. really allowed me to be myself and and i was held for it so I started to realize that, you know, that was the best way to teach was to become the perfect mirror to allow people to feel seen, heard and acknowledged for every single aspect of their human experience. Because, you know, the truth is we are just a soul, this beautiful light that has stepped into a meat suit and decided and chose, consciously chose, whether we want to admit that at one point in our life or not, to experience this thing called life. And we have all gone through so much, so much. And I don't think most people in this world ever really even stop to consider all of the little moments that they've been through Mm. in order to get them to this now moment. So it became very important for me in my practice to really slow people down and really allow them to own and witness their hero's journey. And the way to do that was to become the mirror, was to be was to say, do you realize that you went through this? Let's stop here and let's go deeper. Mm. And then we'd go deeper into that and all the little things, all the little steps that got them to that moment. And to me, that changes a life. That that mm. that changes an entire story. Yes. Yes. And So often when one has had uh, trauma and drama and and some of the experiences that you've shared about your life just touched upon, actually, uh, so often one can get wrapped up in that and that's all they see. And instead, you are supporting other people see the magic. And and an example of that is is the magical story on the way to the book. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually quite interesting. So right after my father passed away, um, I came back to L.A. and I was walking magic down the street and I was looking at him while we were while we were walking. And I. I just started to cry because I thought about losing him which was also an old, which was a very old program of mine because my mind got, went to, you know, who am I going to lose next? And Um. yeah. And I sat there and while I was reprogramming myself on on the street, (laughs) I said to myself out loud, you know what? I'm going to create a visual representation of him in this entire process. And I want to write a book. I want to write a book about this entire experience, about my experience up until now. And I want people to understand that, you know, that they can mirror each other and that they could be safe for each other and that the magic is real. And I went back to my house, got my computer, got a notebook and 
brought magic with me and turned around and we walked to Starbucks. And I was like, my intention today is to write this book. And I sat down and magic sat right next to me and I'm writing notes. And on the notes, I write in the corner, uh, I need to manifest an illustrator. And as I wrote that note, I hear this woman behind me screaming and I turn around and there's this beautiful animated woman behind the counter with these like green glasses on. And she's just this light. And she's like, you know, just like, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get you? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, wow, what an amazing soul. Like, wow. She like really lights the whole place up. So I got up and I went over to her and I said, can I ask you a question? <laughs> she's like, sure. What's up? I'm like, what do you do outside of here? And she started laughing and she goes, why? I'm like, cause you're just such a light. And she looks at me and she goes, oh, well, I'm an illustrator. And I looked at her and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, when do you have your next break? And she's like, oh, in 20 minutes. So on her break, she came and sat down with me in magic. She's just hitting it off with magic. She's also a dog lover. And I tell her about the book. And I open my notebook and I show her the notes that I had just written when I sat down at Starbucks. And she just looked at me and she's like, you're kidding. I'm like, no, I just totally wrote you into my story in like 2.2 seconds. <laughs> and from that moment, um, she signed on and we started working on the illustrations for I Am Magic. And let's mention her name because she ended up being the magical illustrator. It's Melissa Vander Vanderbeen Vander. Hold on. <laughs> That's why I'm asking you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa. No my guess would have been. You have no Melissa. idea how you have no how idea how long this took me to get down. Um, Melissa Vanderveen. <laughs> Vanderveen, okay. <laughs> it is the biggest tongue twister ever. So I'm just gonna say, yo, it was Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Melissa, shout out. <laughs> yeah, she's honestly the most magical creature I've ever met. And I felt extremely blessed to not just work on this project, but to have met her and to have written her into my story because she has become one of my best girlfriends in this life. So speaking, uh, speak, so so that's the book, I Am Magic. There, there's so much more, but uh, people will want to experience it. And it is a children's mantra book, but... Uh, obviously it, it appeals to the child inside of us. And like I said, there's some links on our website on how you could get that. And also, uh, you can always go to, uh, now level learn more about Cassandra and the book and her journey, uh, and all that she shares there. Now, as, as, as we bring our time here together, for a close, I think it's interesting, at least this time around, I think it, it it's interesting how many times in your journey you were sharing with me how you felt like you lost your your purpose in life uh, only to refine it at a whole other level and over and over again. Um, and in that, one of the words that uh, the phrase that stuck with me that you shared with your dad, you said something mm -hmm. about the keys of life. And mm -hmm. I thought that applies everywhere. So please share that. Um, 
yeah, well, so I t- had told you that um, that along the journey of after I had talked to you guys, I went to India. And when I was there and when I walked around and did my internal work, when I walked in the room the day that my father was declining, um, you know, we were all standing around and I laid in bed with him and I looked at him and I said, you never asked me about my trip to India. And he looked at me and his eyes got really wide. And I said, I discovered the key to life. And he like looked at me like, well, what is it? (laughs) And I said, the key to life is to let go. And he passed away about 20 seconds later. Mm. So, um, in regards to, you know, what you said about purpose and letting go of our purpose, um, I found deep gratitude in being asked to come on this show today because I did struggle after I was on your show before, you know, I struggled with feeling like, Ugh, you know, like I, I had finally found my purpose and then I let it go and, you know, and then, you know, life redirected me and, you know, what I've realized in my life, which is interesting because it's actually the last line of the book in the back of the book, it says, um, it says, meet the wanderers, cast in magic. We choose to get lost over and over in the magic of this life um, again and again to find more color and love to bring to you. And what I've realized is that every moment, every now moment of our life is our purpose. It's to walk into Mm. it and to be the highest version of ourself. And really at the end of the day, we are the magic of each and every moment of our life. And if we can let sink in the magic of this moment, your your share from all the different places you shared, but most importantly, your your heart. Uh, uh, th- there's so much here to take in. It's one of those you're going to want to listen to again. I just know it. Um, so uh, find Cassandra Mary Bauer at nowlevelup.com. And uh, maybe go hear uh, that episode, uh, what I say it was, 411. Oh, that would be interesting if that was right, because um, that's information, 411. Let me, let me look that up. <laughs> it, oh, it's 441, uh, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> All right, so uh, what a pleasure. Uh, what what fun and what a journey like even our conversation the other day as we were i mean it it's like you know i i breathe i cry i laugh you know it it felt like it feels like we're going through a process as we're going through a process together so thank you for that of course thank you all for having me and it's just um it's very beautiful to come together with souls at another point in your life and reflect Mm. on the journey Mm. to reflect on the magic of the journey and to find beauty 
in each step. So thank you for this checkpoint in life. Uh, perfect. Well, you're very welcome. Again, our pleasure. And thank you for coming on now level Again, the book is I am magic. Cassandra Mary Bauer. Thank you so much. And with that, we have our ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Sarah in San Diego. We met years ago and you inspired me to become a better person and life has been good until recently. I've been married for 10 months now to a man I've known and dated for three years. I've just discovered that he has been lying to me and cheating on me since the beginning of our relationship. I am so angry with him and filed for divorce the day after I was told about his lies and infidelity. He wants me to forgive him and there is no way I could ever trust him, much less forgive him. In fact, I hate him and will never forgive him for breaking my heart. I'm in so much pain and don't know how to stop crying. I can't sleep and my heartbreak is seriously interfering with my job and I'm afraid that I can't go on this way much longer. So please tell me if it is possible to heal a broken heart and if so, how do I heal it? Dear Sarah, I am sorry for the pain you're experiencing. And I am very happy that you reached out to me because, yes, it is possible to heal a broken heart. I know this is true because I've healed mine and it had been broken over and over again. I thought that I was okay and that I'd gotten over the pain and disappointments from attracting a man similar to your husband. I loved him with all of my heart and soul and felt that we would be together forever. It took a long time for me to walk away from the pathological liar that he was. I was so angry, and when I was told that forgiveness was the only way to heal, I could not see a way to do it. And then one day I found a master teacher, and he helped me see that forgiveness would set me free. His name was Smokey, and this amazing man asked me to forgive myself instead of forgiving the man who hurt me. It didn't make sense at first because I was totally caught up in being a victim. However, the more I looked at it, the more I could see that once I chose to forgive myself for giving my power away and for allowing myself to be lied to for so long, I could indeed heal. I was reminded by Smokey that a part of me knew that I was being lied to, and that I thought if I loved the man enough, he would change. I now know that the only person we can ever change is ourselves. I thank God every day for having found Smokey, and with his guidance and support, I let go of the pain by choosing to love me and forgive me for the less than elegant choices I had made during my relationship. I saw clearly that the anger I felt was self-directed and I was able to release it through choosing to love and forgive myself. So please, dear Sarah, forgive yourself and set yourself free. There's a wonderful book that could assist you in this process, and the title is Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart by Robin Kasarjian. I trust you will read it and do the work and heal your beautiful heart. I look forward to hearing of your progress. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our musical guest tonight, Steph Reed, on the Life Changes Show right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. 
They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening. Someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, corporate giants, and children, we are here to help and to serve with heart, integrity, and experience. We bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, lifechangesnetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at lifechangesnetwork.com. Okay, well, our musical guest is a Grammy-nominated music educator, billboard charting songwriter and producer, international touring artist, and so much more, Steph Reed. Welcome, Steph, to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, what a pleasure, and thank you to Cassandra for introducing you to us. Uh, y- you know, uh, we connected a couple times, and, and the second time, uh, you, you, you said hello and then went straight into a song, and, uh-huh. then you, and the song was Love Will Find a Way, and I thought, wow, you, you just stopped me cold and warmed my heart. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Well, no, thank you so much. And so you, your your music has purpose, your life has purpose, but th- this, you know, talk about purpose. Like you were tuning into the magic also, right? So magic, purpose, t- let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I'm somebody that was like a young kid. There was always, I felt like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Like I'd never, they mm. never let reindeer games. I never quite fit in with everybody else. And I always just felt really like an outcast and outsider. And I always had dreams bigger than my, my surroundings, dreams bigger than my current situation. And I don't know, I felt like it took time, but you know, I I really learned to believe in myself and to, you know, there's a saying, it's like when, when the universe and when God gives you the vision, sometimes it's not for other folks to understand. It's for you to understand. And it took Mm. me time believe and and trust that if god gave me the vision then it's real like even if there's no proof and there's no evidence of it being real if you have the vision then it is real and it's up to you to like faith walk meaning like we'll take the first step on that staircase even if you can't see the first step and Mm. so that was for me my journey of like 
faith walking and trusting what I can't, what I can only see in my mind and can feel. Faith walking. I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. I like that faith walking. Thank, thank you for, for sharing that. Well, interestingly enough, uh, I, I don't know which came first, but, but were you shy as a kid or you grew up shy? I'm an extrovert introvert, right? Huh? So one on one, I'm very chill, but in front of, I think in order to get attention, I would like act out. I was, you know, young kid with ADHD, anxiety, mm. and like a lot of trauma. And um, I, I, I had a lot of stage fright. I think I was, I was scared of being judged and cared so much about what people think. And um, yeah, it really took me time to like really find my voice and to find my magic. The things that they, I remember middle school, I was voted most eccentric in my middle school yearbook. And that was oh. something I'm ashamed of. Like people saying you sound white and you, and you, like you're an Oreo and you're weird and you're mm. this kid. And mm. it's like, as an adult being, being eccentric or weird is actually what makes me magical. Those are the things that's unique about me that I've learned to embrace as those are my superpowers. Mm. Well, actually, uh, it's interesting with Cassandra, the, the, the talk about vulnerability came out and you're being vulnerable. Well, just stepping out in front of an audience, you're vulnerable, but you're, you're owning that. Yeah, I am. I mean, I've learned, you know, I've learned through life that like my strength is in my vulnerability and not to like be ashamed of that but to be proud that, of that and like that's actually become like one of like the hallmarks of i guess my you know not even just brand but just like who i am as a person is that i'm very very vulnerable and i give people the the bravery to also be vulnerable and authentic with me and in their own lives and so yeah well, I, I'm curious, we're going to get to hear that song I, I was mentioning earlier, but before we do, I, I'm curious, because you you shared your music through other artists as a as a writer and a producer. What what was the shift where you said, I'm going to do it myself, too? I think just the burnout, you know, I did that for over 10 years behind the scenes and like I Part of it was like, if I do this long enough behind the scenes, selling songs and producing other artists and developing other artists, that someone at some point I'll I'll I'll, I'll be validated, and some point someone mm. will see artist inside of me and give me a chance. Mm. And that day never came. Like nobody, no magical A and R in the sky like came and like picked me out and said, you know what? you're a great producer. I think you'd be a better artist. I'm gonna give you a record deal to give you a chance. Like that never happened. And mm. I, I invested in so many projects and gave so much of myself away. And it got to a point where I reached like, I had like a, just this breakdown where professionally with my family and I had to like really start over. I hit rock bottom and I didn't want to live anymore. And it got to a point where I had to really do some deep soul searching and figure out what my purpose is. And I realized I almost quit. I was about to quit music. And then a friend of mine said, you've done everything except for investing yourself. You've done mm. everything except for develop yourself. You've done everything but bet on yourself. 
So before you quit, you, why don't you try being the artist? And I did, and I never looked back. And <laughs> okay. I had a whole other like amazing journey, you know, from like taking that leap of faith and like following my heart and investing in me versus investing in others and hoping vicariously that well, not even vic- hoping that they'll reciprocate mm. and do the same. And that's not like, I don't think that's the most authentic way to be to like do things, hoping that someone will look out for you. I think it's mm. you do what's in your heart. And if you feel like giving things away or doing things for other people, do it for that reason, but not for them to do it in return. And so once I started investing in myself and betting on myself and telling my story and putting myself first, I've been able to make such some some amazing moments to impact so many lives and to like change my life in the process. Well, that leads us to Love Will Find a Way. I I I, I wasn't sure where the song was going. It just kept going deeper and deeper and and it touched on so many things. So I I know you're going to share it with us live. Do you want to say something about it first, or should we go go straight into it? Um, I'm going to go straight into it and just let you know it's from the heart. Here's Steph Reed live on the Life Changes show online with his song, Love Will Find a Way. Love will find a way 
Steph Reed and love will find a way. Thank you for believing, Steph, and thank you for sharing that song with us. Uh, wow. Um, I am StephReed.com. As I read that, I am StephReed.com. Of course, uh, Steph is also available on, on Instagram, YouTube. You'll find him at I am StephReed.com. Steph, S T E F F. Read R. I'm sorry. S T E. Sorry. S T E F F R E E D. And that's you. Exactly. I I I see that at Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud. It's all I am Steph Reed. I am Steph Reed. And your website, Steph. I am Steph Reed. Com. And I'm thinking that's an affirmation. (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) I believe. You know. I was raised in a um. I was raised in a house where we went to church, right? So I was raised, I guess I could say Christian. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of the things, a lot of spiritual teachings I still kind of hold with me. And they say this, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So when you say I am, whatever you say after that is like you're making, like you're manifesting that. And it's like, so whatever it is, that the, it's I am and whatever after that, you're making that true. It's like casting, that's, that's why they call it spelling. Like you're casting spells. You know what I mean? So I know what you mean, and I'm glad you're sharing that. And and I'm listening to you and, and we'll touch on something because this is so important. So to know that there's an educator out there who's been working with youth from ages four to twenty-four and and you know this stuff, you're sharing it too, not just music, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been an educator for quite some time and it's something that is really fulfilling. And I think that my journey in the music industry, there was there were some glamorous moments and it was really, it was some fun, but it wasn't as purposeful and fulfilling in a more deep deep and meaningful way. And getting into, into music education really fed my soul in a way that nothing else compares. And I think my passion for helping young people to process their thoughts and feelings about the world around them. So teaching like music and social justice is like really, really rewarding. And I do that with my nonprofit organization, the Power of Love Project. And um, we do arts and activism programming with schools and summer programs. We do um, a bunch of other really awesome things. I also teach a course on Skillshare, which is an online learning platform. It's called Songwriting for Social Change. And you can actually enroll in that course right now on Skillshare. Uh, skill is a skillshare.com. Yep, skillshare. 
Uh, okay, I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to check it out. And and actually, so the the Power of Love workshop that 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 is that something different too? Yeah, the Power of Love project is my nonprofit organization, which I I founded, and it's in um, it's fiscally sponsored by Judson Memorial Church, which is based in New York, and they have a long deep history of activism and supporting movements and protester sanctuary. And so through the work I do with the Power of Love Project, it's like being of service. And it's like when you think of activism, you usually think about protesting and shouting on the street. And it's like there are other ways that we can be involved. And I think that it's like opening up your mind to like what does service look like? So mm. we offer protest relief where we go to protests and we support them with water, food, masks, sanitizer to help them make help them to make their activism sustainable in addition to doing these arts and activism courses, in addition to like offering micro grants, um, giving black and brown indigenous women of color um, money and visibility to support the movement that they're making. And I think it's a combined effort that we're doing with um, the Power of Love Project. And, you know, there is no silver bullet to creating change. I think it's just perpetual, consistent um, effort over time. Well, there's a theme here, the power of love. So that is uh, the power of love org, by the way. And uh, so now we get to hear one of the pieces that you, you you're singing on and produced. Right. And that's yeah. power of love. Produced it and played all the instruments. It's all me. It's all you. I, I, let me guess. I am Steph Reed. I'm Steph Reed. The song is called. <laughs> Power of Love, it's my single, it's the name of my album and my nonprofit organization, and it was a pivotal song. It was I was inspired by Martin Luther King, uh, Maya Angelou, the Black Panthers, and just the current climate of like, you know, the travel ban and like the border wall and all this division. I was I realized that and we're in a time where everything we're just so divided that the one thing that we can get behind that's that's not yet been politicized is love mm. Mm. politics divides us you know religion divides us all these different affiliations can often unfortunately divide us but the one thing that everybody can band together is the banner of love so the power of love is really the you know it's me my call to action to bring humanity together well here it is here is steph reed and his song the power of love on the life changes show.
so much there's something we can all believe in i believe in the power of love i am steph reed s-t-e-f-f-r-e-e-d.com is where you can learn more about him the power of love project.org is his uh, nonprofit organization find him also on social links at i am steph reed steph what a pleasure to get to know you and have you share as you have on the show your music and your heart thank you so much thank you so much and special shout out to cassandra for like yeah for advocating for me and pulling me in and you know always being uplifting inspiring and and motivating and, and being a good friend appreciate it well i've been inspired by both of you thank you to you steph reed and again a big thank you to cassandra mary bauer and that is our show on behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and co-host, Mark Legere. I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, 
and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.